Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Today's show, something not a lot of people are talking about. There's something that Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen went through that it really hasn't been pushed on just yet. But again, it was early. But I feel like if Kirk Cousins had done this, Twitter would have blown up last night. But we'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. It's a beautiful, beautiful, snowy day. Why? Because the Minnesota Vikings were 7-1, and one, and the weather in Minnesota was great. And God said, wait a minute, you guys are 8-1 and one and you beat Buffalo? I can't give Buffalo this snow now. I got to give it to Minnesota. And so we got the snow, but we're 8-1. and one. And I, I guarantee if you ask any Vikings fan, would you take 7-2 and two and a, a no snow day, a, a beautiful 45 degree November morning, or would you take this little bit of a snow emergency that's coming our way? Um, I, I think everybody would choose the snow in eight and one, but there's something that happened in this game and it didn't hit me right away. I did the fan line, uh, extreme positivity besides the kicker, uh, you know, question marks have been answered finally. Everybody, even Shannon Sharp, O'Shea Shea picked. Kirk Cousins to outdo Josh Allen. But this summer, if we had had the same conversation with Shannon this summer, would he have done that? No. No, he's not doing that. He would have picked Josh Allen any day of the week, but this season has let it. But just just remember, people, I was the first one that tweeted that early in the year, and I got bashed. A million impressions. Over a million people looked at that tweet because of Shannon Sharp, and they were all on top of my head. Oh, I'd, I'd take Justin Fields. I'd take this guy. I'd take that guy. I'd, I'd take Russell Wilson in a heartbeat. Would you? Would you? I don't think you would, but there's something in this game that if old Kirky had done, he would have got completely killed. But Josh Allen did it. And we're not really talking about it, but we're going to talk about it on the Ron Johnson Show. But before we do that, Make sure you know that you can check out Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. So as I bring Sam Extraman, my producer, Sam, here's where I, 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 I noticed something last night. And it, it didn't hit me right away, but it hit me this morning after thinking about it. We could talk about the refs. We'll do that later this week. Um, good week, too. I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully everybody, no, no, the snow doesn't mess with anybody's flights. Uh, but we should have Randall McDaniel on. We're going to have Roy Williams. Cowboys lost to the Packers, uh, which actually is not a bad thing. That pushes the, the Cowboys down and helps the Vikings seeding as we go. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this early. We said report card-wise, you want to start off fast so that if you fall and have a bad, like, third, fourth semester, it doesn't matter. So the Vikings can go 50-50 the rest of the way. And guess what? That's only five losses. That's only five losses. If they can go five and four the rest of this way. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. So they eight, four and four the rest of the way. I mean, fifth, uh, what are they at? Eight, so 12, 12 and, and five. five. I think that's what I said, 12 and five. I think 12 and five is the floor. I think 12 and five now is their floor because four and four the rest of the way 
doesn't seem bad. Now, if you were to just say four and four in that span, you'd be like, oh my God, 50, 500. But no, they're eight and one. So now they have room for that. If they go 12 and five, they still win the North. I said that. I said 12 and five was going to probably be their mark. People call me crazy. I was like 11 and six, 12 and five. Everybody, oh, there's no way they're beating the Buffalo Bills. There's no way they're beating uh, the, 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 the Saints. They, they're not good enough. They're not going to beat Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Well, they're doing it. But here's where I go with this, Sam. Josh Allen, into the game, second and 10. Second and 10. Doesn't take the check down. Doesn't take maybe a, a, a easier throw. He throws an absolute prayer, gun rifle ball down the middle of the field late and gets it picked off by Patrick Peterson. It was absolute chaos if you look in that end zone when he made that throw. If Kirk Cousins had done that, Everybody would be tweeting, that's the same old Kirk we are used to. That's the Kirk that we know cannot win games. That's the Kirk we know that won't win you a playoff game. That's the Kirk that won't take you to a Super Bowl. That's the Kirk that we knew he would be in big moments. He can't go toe-to-toe with the big boys. He can't play against Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. He can't. Not in, not, in, not in a lot of these fans' minds. Everybody, the entire, even though this was the greatest game ever in the regular season, I feel like, there was still angst amongst Vikings fans waiting for that other shoe to drop, waiting for, like, he threw two picks, which one of them was like, oh, my God, what are you doing, dude? Like, there's nobody over there. Are you point shaving? That's like uh, the, the, the Steelers quarterback. I think it was Neil O'Donnell uh, when, he, when he threw two Cowboys interceptions to nobody. I think he had money on the game. Vegas had got to him. He had a marker at the tables. He had to pay off. He said, hey, how about, I, how about I throw the Super Bowl for you? And then we're clear. My marker's clear. But that's a different story. When you think about that throw that Josh Allen made, if Kirk Cousins does that, they are absolutely killing him right now. They are saying it was his loss. The team did everything they could do, and Kirk just couldn't pull it off. Well, it didn't happen that way. Patrick Peterson picks off Josh Allen. Everybody just talks about how great of a game it was, how good Josh Allen is, how tough he was to play through a hurt arm, how how crazy it was that that Justin Jefferson made a one-handed catch, by the way, which was absolute just YOLO. I said this. Kirk Cousins is going to have some YOLO moments. I've been saying that, and there we have it again. YOLO. You only live once. Screw it. I'm throwing this thing up, fourth and 18. What's the worst that can happen? Case Keenum doesn't make that throw. I don't care what you say. Josh Allen probably doesn't make that throw because he's not going to throw it there. He probably would have gunned it in because Justin Jefferson was in front of the DB. He probably tries to find a way to go. He's 6'5", has a different arm angle. He'd have run outside the pocket a little bit more. Kirk Cousins, like the angle from behind Kirk is the best camera angle I've seen because everybody's like, what was he looking at? If you look at the camera angle from behind Kirk when they show that first start of the replay, Justin Jefferson does look open. I mean, it's him versus one guy behind him. I get where Kirk was thinking. Let me throw it up and let Justin jump. He threw it a little bit too far. Threw it a little bit too far, but he does it. But back to that. Kirk Cousins makes that throw that Josh Allen makes to lose a game. Everybody hates. If Kirk Cousins fumbles at the one-inch line, everybody hates him. Like everybody, you think everybody hates Chris. No, everybody hates Kirk. That's the new show. Everybody hates Kirk because if he had fumbled the ball and threw that pick, pretty much losing the game, they would have killed him oh take the chains off oh there's no chains tonight i saw yahoo sports tweet that out oh here's kirk's chain it was an l game wasn't over yet the buffalo bills tweeted that's ball game game wasn't over yet everybody's deleting these tweets now don't delete them 
Keep the receipts up there. I kept my tweet. My tweet did say if they lose this game, it's not a bad loss. I left it up there. Why? Because that was my feeling at the moment. I'm like, what just happened? All I did was put my shoes on, and he fumbled. But if Kirk had done that, they'd be killing him right now. I don't know, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, we were one quarter away from this being a repeat of week two against Philadelphia, where it seemed like the opponent was overwhelming them. The Vikings were flustered. Kirk Cousins was flustered. And the second interception, like you mentioned, was a complete out-of-body experience. Who are you throwing to? And we prob- that probably would have been the story, Ron. If we don't have the fourth quarter, then we end this game with Kirk being the GOAT, as right. it is. Kirk does exactly what he didn't do in that Philly game. He responded. He bounced back, and he said, I don't care that I've thrown two interceptions. It doesn't matter what I did before. only matters what I do going forward. And he played aggressively, and he didn't clam up, and he didn't have a head coach getting upset with him for those prior mistakes. And that's gigantic in the development curve of Kirk Cousins for him to shake off the mistakes and then just do what he can to bring his team back in the game. The connections to Jefferson down the stretch were so gutsy. And, Ron, I'm guessing you might have seen the next-gen stat that, that was circulating. Nine out of ten out of Justin Jefferson's receptions, he had a less than 50% chance of catching based on next-gen stats. That means that there were tight windows and there were spectacular catches. And uh, I give Kirk Cousins a ton of credit for the cojones yesterday to bring him back on the road. That was that was epic, mythic stuff. I mean, Kirk Cousins stepping up in the pocket. Uh, the early, like some of the blocks, because everybody was all over Ed Ingram and, and Bradbury. And Bradbury did some things yesterday as well that was like questionable of like, what are you, what are you looking at? Like there was a, a guy that was over his nose, but clearly backed off to kind of play a weird coverage. Uh, they put a D lineman in the cover, same way they put Daniel Hunter in the coverage. Um, and Bradbury's like staring him down with his hand on, I want to say, uh, number 91 for the Buffalo Bills. And he could have helped Ezra Cleveland out a lot better and just stayed with him and kept his eyes on the other guy. But no, he's staring at that other guy backing up and just ba- ba- basically touching a 300-pound guy coming full speed. You got to hit that guy. Like, you hit that guy, he doesn't get to Kirk Cousins. And I think that was a sack there. Now I think I know it was a sack there. And so there's little moments like that where you're like, I think it was, yeah, Ed, it was Ed Oliver's sack. It was like, what are you doing, Bradbury? But there's other times where they passed off the twist, and it was great. And Kirk Cousins stepped up in the pocket. That throw at the towards the end of the game, Justin Jefferson on the sideline, like that was a perfect – that had Ben Roethlisberger, Santonio Holmes, and the corner of the end zone, Pittsburgh versus Cardinals feel to it, mm-hmm. the way he had to get it over a defender. Justin Jefferson's between another defender, and it's just a perfect – Toe tapped on the sideline, Justin Jefferson's catch. I mean, so many moments. I mean, we could talk about the referees screwing the Vikings over. I mean, the Gabe Davis uh, catch that wasn't a catch. You got 12 men on the field. You got a neutral zone infraction at the goal line when Kirk should have scored. I mean, there were so many different moments uh, that these referees, the the hold on uh, TJ Hawkinson, call the pass interference on Hawkinson, and then the same exact play, you don't give it to him when the DB grabs him. And by the way, number 30, I forget his name. That's the way he covers. If you watch every single time he was caught in those moments, those single moments with the tight end, he pulled that jersey. And Justin Jefferson, he pulled that jersey every time. Every time. Leslie Frazier has those guys coached up. That Hey, they're probably not going to call this if you make a play on the ball. 
And these guys are doing a great job of using that little bit of veteran leverage just to make sure they get there and, and can't, the receiver can't get all the way up the way they want to. Uh, Justin Jefferson gets whacked over the arms, and he still catches. I don't know how he catches the other one at the goal line. Uh, but 47, whacks his arms down. That's not a pass interference. Should have been a touchdown, but they're like, oh, wait, he was down at the one. What about the pass interference? He really didn't have the ball at first until he rolled over the top of the guy. So it's technically a touchdown. If you're not going to call a pass interference, you can't call him down. Like, because the touch, clearly you're saying he's not touching him early. So then what are you, what are you calling? Because he didn't have the ball completely yet. Right. But you're not going to go there. You're not going to get mad at these refs because it doesn't matter. They beat the refs. They beat the, the Wild Wings. The Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm pretty sure that was left at the ref's door. Everything that happened that could have went against the Vikings, two interceptions by Kirk Cousins. I mean, they defied, they defied the odds. Everybody had tweeted, ball game. Even the Buffalo Bills. So when you when you think about this game, it could have went so many different ways. Could have ended up so many different uh, things. And before we get Charles Charles Johnson, former Vikings receiver, why? Because it was a receiver day. It was one of those receivers days. We got I got to talk to him about just the atmosphere of being a receiver in that room. Whether you're making the plays or it's your teammate making the plays, how does that feel? I've been there, um, so I know. But but love to get another receiver's take. I, I got a text message this morning from uh, Chris Carter. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to Chris. I don't know if I'm going to talk to him later today or just when I get a chance to, which Chip Scoggins texts me too. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Did I do so? I, that's why I was like, woke up like, what did I do last night? Like, what, what did I do that all these people all of a sudden send me messages? <laughs> um, maybe I said something on the fan line. I have no idea. Like the fan line, I really don't know what I say half the time until I wake up the next day and look at tweets and people are like, oh, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe. Oh, I do know I did talk about the top 10 catches. And so maybe Chris is mad I didn't put one of his catches in the top 10 or whatever best catches ever i didn't have time to look people by the way go to my twitter three round johnson i put up like some of the best catches in nfl history because i was trying to say justin jefferson's in the top five now with that one and so i just looked up a bunch of catches that i remember and watched the video to kind of see where they land and 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 to my credit i'm sorry I, you know some of these older catches like chris carter's those aren't on there like lynn swan i found one of his but anyway we got charles johnson coming up next but before we do that, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. We have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting and sports wagering info this season. The Vikings covered the spread yesterday with the victory, went way above the over-under. You could have checked out that line and all the lines from the NFL games at betonline.net. Looking ahead to next week, the Cowboys are favored in Minnesota? After losing in Green Bay? This is madness. Uh, the Cowboys, two-point favorites at Minnesota. Let's see if that line changes. Let's see if Ron Johnson can uh, foreshadow the I'm line. I'm going to tell you now. He did. Take the points. Take the points. Last week I told you when it was nine, take them. Half y'all didn't listen to me. Some of y'all are cashing those tickets now. BetOnline.net. Go get it. Vikings? Underdogs? Go get it. They're going to cover. They're going to cover and they're going to win this game versus the Cowboys. Cowboys lost to the Packers. The Vikings, I think, figured out something. Go bake that bet. And it's BetOnline. It's where the game starts for every line, every game, every sport. Check it out on your laptop or mobile device. And next up, hanging with Ron Johnson. Got Charles Johnson, like a little brother to me. I remember uh, seeing him on the field one time, and somebody happened to snap a picture while he and I were talking. And uh, felt like a, a, a proud big brother. When I see guys like Stefan Diggs, Charles Johnson, all these receivers out here that I know um, doing well, uh, every time Diggs, whether it's a tweet or a retweet or a comment or an Instagram message, 
like I always feel a bit of pride because I've seen these guys start from the very beginning and to where they are now. And I'm excited to get Charles Johnson on. Uh, it's going to be a receiver theme, I feel like, the rest of the way because uh, Chris Carter, talked to him, uh, talked to other, you know, Braylon Edwards is coming on. So we're going to, I mean, Justin Jefferson is, is setting the world on fire. So we got to talk about it. But as I bring Charles Johnson in, man, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, Charles, I got to jump out there, man. You were teammates with Stefan Diggs. And when you look at Diggs mm -hmm. and Justin Jefferson on the same field, it's like a it's it's like a heavyweight fight. It's like Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali if we ever could get that fight to happen. Uh, but when you see one-handed catches, uh, big plays, how excited you know as a teammate do you get when you see a receiver-led game like that? Man, that, that just makes me super excited, man. I already know Diggs' personality because I was with him. I know that he's one of those guys that comes with fire each and every play, each and every snap, every single day. And he wants to win. So I already know his mentality. I know his approach. And Jefferson, he has that same fire up on him. Like, he got a certain type of swag that's like, I'm about to go out here. I'm going to make some plays. So when I see that, all we always used to say, man, as receivers, the team going to go as we go. So we got to show up every single play because we're going to have 10 catches on a really good game. But there's still 60 snaps that we got to make ourselves valuable and go out there and compete. Uh, so it's crazy, man. It was an exciting game. And when you look at, you know, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, you honestly, like, right now in the NFL, those guys are clearly number one and two. You got Tyreek Hill in there, of course. You got Cooper Cup up there. Um, you got uh, Jamar Chase, who's out. So I think statistically he's going to fall uh, for a while. And then people are going to, you know, it, it, but this year seems like it's a Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill type of year. Um, and then from a route running standpoint, it's Stefan Diggs and, and Justin Jefferson. I mean, Tyreek Hill, great receiver, but a lot of his stuff is just, <laughs> I'm faster than you. I'm outrun you on the over route. I'm outrun you on the go. Uh, but when you watch Diggs run that slant, I mean, these two guys are technicians. Um, what, what is the possible ceiling now when you think about Stefan Diggs contract? You know, he had a huge one hundred and what, 72 million or something like that. Or no, no, sorry. 72 million, uh, but could have been bigger. Now you see Cooper cup in the hundreds. Uh, for a guy like Justin Jefferson, I mean, what is his ceiling at this point? Man, I don't I don't want to put a ceiling on anybody, right? I think I want these guys to go out there and be the best they can be each and every year, each and every season, and go yeah. capitalize on it, right? They're big players, they're big names, and they make big plays. So go capitalize on what they do. So I don't want to put a cap on it. I just think whatever they can do, they do it at a high level each and every, each and every year, each and every game. So they should get compensated for what they do. So... Man, it's just going to get crazier, crazier. So Jefferson is going to be up. He can set the he can set the tone. And when you look at this Vikings Bills game, I mean, you got Patrick or Patrick Pat McAfee. Oh, it is Patrick though, but Pat McAfee, uh, he's tweeting best game ever. You got you know Fox Sports, you got ESPN. Everybody's tweeting best game ever as far as a regular season game goes. We know the Man Lamp is miracle. We know the immaculate reception with the Steelers. Uh, there's a ton of you know games. You got the Buffalo Bills. You know, come back in the playoffs. But for as far as a regular season, this this one goes up there. Um, so when you look at the Bills Vikings. Uh, game and you look at Josh Allen specifically. Josh Allen had a fumble in the end zone, uh, which changed the game and gave the Vikings a lead. And then you also had the uh, interception at the end of the game. If Kirk Cousins had done that, why do you think fans are still so hard on him versus Josh Allen, where nobody's really saying Josh Allen, you know, could have played better? They're just saying, hey, it happens. But if that was Kirk, it would have been a whole ton of he could have played better. He could have done this. He should have done that. Why do you think that that 
comes on Kirk Cousins? I think it's just because Kirk Cousins, over his career, traditionally he hasn't won in one in those big games, right? But this yeah. year has been a little bit different. He's been he's been having a lot of success, but traditionally over his career, those big games he just hasn't won. And for Josh Allen, he's more of your gunslinger, risk taker, big body. He's going to try to go out there and make big plays, and he's not scared. So when he does make a mistake, like fumble or throw a pick. It's more acceptable, even from me. Like, I feel like it's more acceptable because I know he's a gunslinger. I know he's a risk taker. He's going to take big mm-hmm. risks. With big risk, you're going to have some big results, but you're also going to have some sometimes of error as well. So yeah. I think he gets a little bit of slighted hand because it's like he's, he's just a gunslinger. He's a playmaker, and he's trying to always make a hard play. So you sometimes get those guys a little bit of – extra lead way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Kirk's got to earn it. We know that Shannon Sharp all of a sudden, because Shannon Sharp and I, uh, we, we had a, a fun debate this summer, and more so him just going off about Kirk Cousins isn't, shouldn't be a top 10 quarterback, uh, where I, I say Kirk Cousins could be number 10. Uh, he threw out four other quarterbacks that he would take, and then yesterday, he say he picked Kirk Cousins over Josh Allen. So I'm like, oh, now Shay Shay wanna, you wanna come over to our side now. Like earlier, you were telling yeah. me, there's 16, 17 quarterbacks, you know, you would take over Kirk Cousins. And now you wouldn't even take him over Josh Allen for this game because you are feeling what we're all feeling, which is Kirk Cousins getting coached up. Kirk Cousins threw 50 passes. Uh, mm-hmm. What what do you see as a receiver when you're seeing that? Like when you know, hey, even on run plays, we got to block because we got a guy like Dalvin. Yep, we know we're throwing the ball, but all these run plays matter. We're not just doing it just to do it. And they did it. It was a great block from Justin Jefferson. You know the most dangerous man. If the corner's off, safety's coming. You got to take the safety. And Justin Jefferson did it perfectly. Dalvin Cook one-on-one with the safety. It's the way every coach has taught us our entire life. Um, and it worked where Dalvin Cook was one-on-one with the corner. Corner misses, touchdown. Uh, but, but how important as a receiver in your mind is it, even in a game like that where you're getting 30 targets, or sorry, 50 targets, um, that you still need to make sure every play you're playing and blocking because it could be the play of the game? Yeah, man, like I kind of said, man, it's it's important. Like, big games, man, we're going as receivers. If we get 20 targets a game, that's a huge game. But you said he threw 30 other times outside of those 20-plus. They probably ran another 20. There's still 50 plays that we still got to work on. Um, yeah. And being able to be an aggressive receiver and block downfield, that turns those 5-yard, 10-yard games into home run hitters, right? Um, and we always said, like, we got to go inside and block those guys, those most dangerous guys, because those guys up inside – are paid to tackle. We're corners, they're paid to cover. They don't really want to tackle. So a lot of times we can leave those guys out there unless they're the most dangerous threat. And we just go ahead and block those guys up inside and, and understand that it's it's for our team, right? Being 111th of our team and making a bigger play. These refs, so a lot of people are upset about the refs. And the refs, I mean, there's pictures out there. There was one point where the Buffalo Bills had 12 men on the field. Refs didn't call it. They let the play go. So they played 12 on 11 on goal line, and that's how they stopped Kirk Cousins because everybody's trying to figure out how was this guy unblocked. And, yeah, because he's the 12th guy, but nobody caught him. Uh, you, you saw the Gabe Davis, huge catch, huge catch, but it hit the ground. And I, I guarantee mm-hmm. if that was Justin Jefferson, they're watching that again. I mean, even Jeff, 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 just, bleh, Justin Jefferson's one-handed catch uh, he wasn't out of bounds, and they still went to review that play to make sure he had caught it, whereas it was clear it didn't hit the ground. So what are we looking at? Why Why is Gabe Davis is not reviewed and Justin Jefferson's is, and it looks even clearer that we know he caught it. It's just more so we can't believe he caught it. Uh, you, you got the pass interference, which we've all been taught play through it because the refs aren't going to call it most of the time. When you look at the refs getting involved in a game like that, 
Uh, is that something that you think the NFL should be able to change where every big play like that should be reviewable because the refs can't pick and choose when they want to do it? Because that's what it's coming down to is the refs just completely like whiffed. Yeah, I think there's a part of me that says yes, a part of me that says no. I think if they could figure out a way to have a referee team or some type of visual team that does everything, each and every play, big play, whatever it is, from up in the booth or from New York, wherever they're reviewing it from, so now they can echo that down to the online, the sideline refs so it doesn't slow down the game. We don't want to review everything, then it slows down the game. Because a part right. of me is like, hey, we do want to get it right. But there's also that part of uh, me was like, well, let's play the game. Like, just like it used to, back yeah. in the old days, you didn't have all those cameras and everything. So it's like, there's going to be mistakes there. They're, humans being, they're human beings. Like, we're going to drop passes at receivers. I don't want everybody just beating me up. I'm going to drop a pass. Diggs is going to drop a pass. Jefferson Jefferson is going to drop. Everybody's going to drop a pass. But it's like, hey, let's move on. We got to make the next play. Like, that's part of the game. Like, mistakes are part of the game. Um, offsides are part of the game, penalties. It's all part of the game. It's like, now are we going to let it hold us down or are we going to go ahead and, 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 and move forward from it? And last one before we jump into the Daily Three. Uh, when you look at this Vikings team, I mean, they're 8-1, and one, uh, which is ridiculous. Best start since the 1998 team, I think, is what they're saying. Um, when you look at this team at 8-1 and one, and you look at the eight games left, you got the Patriots, you got the Cowboys, you got the Jets. Those are three that you're like, okay. Coach used to be one, but now they're not anymore because the coach aren't, you know, I mean, Jeff Saturday, yep, great. You know, but the coach aren't what we thought they were going to be. Uh, earlier in the season when Matt Ryan was taking over, we thought that was going to be the way to get this going with the run game with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but you got the coach in there. Then you got, of course, the Lions, Packers, and Bears. It's tough for me to find a loss besides the Cowboys maybe in that grouping. Um, but do you see a chance for the Vikings and the Giants? Sorry, the Giants on Christmas Eve. Um, but do you see a chance that the Vikings could finish 15-1 and one out of that last eight games? I definitely do. I was telling people. Or 16-1. Sorry, 16-1. I keep forgetting the yeah, 17 games I was now. telling people all year, like, I think this is going to be a really special season, man. I just think they need to stay with the, the swag. They got a different type of swag this year. Like, I feel it like it's a lot of good energy. Um, the swag. I like seeing the after game um, clips and videos. Like, it looks like they're having fun, right? So if they're having fun out there playing a the game that we all love, a lot of guys want to go out there and make plays when you're having fun. When it's not fun anymore, it becomes a now you're just working and we're having a job. And I see like out on the field they're having fun, they're they're enjoying it. Um, the coaches getting them all ready, and I'm excited, man. I think they can definitely go in here and like. I don't care if they're 15 and one, 16 and one. Like, let's get in the playoffs and go win a Super Bowl. That's what it's about. Right. Yeah. Well, that that's Charles Johnson. I'm Ron Johnson. No relation, but definitely a little brother to me. Uh, love the guy. But we're going to jump into the daily three. But before we do that, remember, you guys can check out the Minnesota football parties on Mondays and Thursdays. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, Sam Ekstrom, all on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. You can get that on Amazon Fire and Roku. And you can watch those videos as well. And we have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to Ron Johnson today. And make sure to check out Locked On Sports today for local experts taking you behind the scenes. It is daily. It is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Locked On Sports today. All right, Charles and Ron, yesterday's Vikings-Bills game was maybe the craziest that I've seen, at least in the regular season, in quite some time, maybe ever. 
I want you both to think back to the craziest football game you played in at any level, pro, college, high school. Ron, I've got a feeling I might know where you're going to go with yours, but we'll start with you, and we'll give, uh, we'll give Charles a, a minute to think about it. So for me, um, it was like I, I think about a bunch, but I guess the cl- craziest back and forth would have to be Penn State. Because uh, in the NFL, I mean, we, we had some good ones like Marcus Robinson. Uh, I think it was my third year when he came to the, to the Ravens, former Bear. Then he ended up coming to the Vikings after because of that season. Uh, he, that, that season, he went off. I mean, he had like 20 catches and 15 touchdowns. It was a ridiculous season for him. But the, the Seahawks game was one because we were down. And he ended up scoring like four touchdowns in that game. And then our quarterback, who was Anthony Wright at the time, like literally soon as the last touchdown was thrown, game was won, the, the cops came and we didn't know what was going on. His wife had went into labor from all the screaming and jumping during the game because it was so close. So not only was it the game that was crazy, but then our quarterback's wife like went into labor during the game and it wasn't like planned because if it was planned, they would have had all that ready. Like the cops like ran down on the field and, and we were all joking. We we're like, damn, what did he do last night? Did he get like, is he getting arrested? And then later, Brian Billick told us like that next, it was either that morning or something, but he's like, hey, by the way, guys, Anthony is fine. His wife went to labor last night, but we were all like, man, this dude get arrested, but I got to go to Penn State. I mean, Penn State ended up in the Hail Mary back and forth game. And then all of a sudden, you know, we make a field goal to beat the number two team in the country uh, with LeVar Arrington and Courtney Brown, number one and two draft picks. Like that game was crazy because it was so back and forth and we were down most of the game. And then we found a way to come back and win with two Hail Marys. So that's one for me. Charles. Yeah. I would say for me, it's college as well, man. My last season, my last game of my college career was Grand Valley State versus Saginaw Valley. And going into halftime, I think we were down maybe 27 points. Um, so coming out the second half, I think I scored like five touchdowns or something crazy. Um, we were up, I think we were up like three with like 19 seconds left on the clock. It was fourth and 16, Saginaw had the ball. This is when it had Jeff Janis over there as well. So. It's fourth and 16. I think, ah, oh, we're about to win it. We just came all the way back. They didn't, they're supposed to put me back there uh, as on prevent to help out on defense. They didn't. And they ended up throwing a, a Hail Mary up to Jeff Janice, and he ended up catching it, beating us. And I just remember how emotional I was. It was the craziest game because, like, I was so fired up just from bringing us all the way back just to be shot down by Jeff Janice Hail Mary that, I mean, he's caught some in Green Bay too while he was there, but. You know how that happened, but it was exciting still. Like, I still remember that day like it was yesterday. Sam, what about you? You've been a part of a crazy game? <clears throat> yeah, um, seventh grade flag football was pretty intense. <laughs> no, um, I've, you know, I've watched a lot more than I played. And I would, so it's funny that you mentioned Jeff Janis, Charles, because I think the Jeff Janis Hail Mary game in the playoffs, Green Bay and Arizona, that's one of the craziest mm-hmm. games I've seen. Yeah, and then, yeah. obviously, Bill's Chiefs last year in the playoffs, one of the craziest games I've seen. But, like, from a regular season standpoint, it's tough to top what happened yesterday in Buffalo. So, that's, uh, that, that's a good one. Uh, I want to talk about the catch, the Justin Jefferson catch. Is it the best you've ever seen? We talked about crazy games. How about crazy catches? Ron, is it number one on your list, or is there anything that can top it? 
So, I mean, I did the research <laughs> and I was up last night because on Vikings fan line, I said Justin Jefferson's catch was a top five catch in NFL history, in my opinion. I said Stefan Diggs one-handed catch, and this is where people think I'm preposterous, so I'll probably end up in a preposterous statement tournament. I said he's like top 10. After thinking about it and watching some of these catches, I'm like maybe top 15, but it's the degree of difficulty. The fact that he jumped straight up in the air vertically with one hand caught the nose of the ball and it did not move it wasn't like he caught it and then bought it to the other hand he caught it and then you can tell the minute he realized oh i stabbed this thing because he turns his head and looks left to say where am i running next because i got the ball and then he tucks it with one hand and turns and starts running like it's not like he caught it came down. like he was like next level like it was like neo in the matrix it was like he was the one in that moment because he stabbed it turned and then started getting ready to run so I, I did. So what I did was I went through and I looked. Oh, you got OBJ versus the uh, Cowboys. You got Randy Moss, the one-hander versus Revis down the field from uh, Tom Brady. You got Antonio Freeman, Vikings off his back. You got David Tyree helmet catch, uh, and you got Stephon Diggs. And this is where I go. Stephon Diggs Minneapolis miracle. It wasn't difficult. It was a big moment, but it wasn't a difficult throw when you or catch when you watch it. It's just he caught it with two hands and jumped, and the the safety missed. Uh, you got Marvin Harrison's one-handed tip to himself. That was a tough one. You got Lynn Swan's. Same thing, Super Bowl tip to himself, ballet, jump one leg. So there's a lot. So, But I got to say, I'm not going to say Justin Jefferson's was the best, but him and Odell Beckham, because Odell Beckham, after watching that again, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And then Randy Moss, same thing, to run full speed downfield, and his did not move. Like, he ran like a 60-yard route and just, whoop, and didn't move and then tucked, you know, just kept it in that hand and, and walked out the back of the end zone. But Justin Jefferson's up there. It's got to be top two. Like, it, it, that to me, like, Odell Beckham's, like, set the world on fire, but Justin Jefferson's was definitely like the degree of difficulty to have another guy's hand on the ball. And it kind of got, honestly, it kind of got caught by the safety. Justin Morso ripped it from him. So, right. But I'll put it up there top two. Yeah, man, I'm kind of saying, man. I mean, same thing like you was talking about with Diggs. When I seen Diggs' catch, I was like, man, he just caught it so clean. And then the next level to be looking to, to go make a play after the catch, that was huge. Like as a receiver, that's like what I seen as well. Justin Jefferson's was crazy too. Even when it happened, my wife was like, this is the best catch I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and it, it was crazy, like, exciting. Like you said, ripped it away from his, from his, uh, from the defender. So that was a spectacular catch. But immediately when I went to top catches, Lynn Swan came up to me. That's one of the guys who I kind of like studied growing up. So Lynn Swan catch is crazy. Um, Calvin Johnson had a bunch of just crazy big catches. So, oh yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to be up there in the book. Um, it's just crazier now is that, social media blows it up those guys back in the old day they ain't had the social media to blow their stuff exactly. up. exactly oh yeah <laughs> charles my favorite catch of yours i think it was 2015 at soldier field uh late in that game teddy threw one up to you you remember that one yes where i went up and jumped over top of the dude yeah yeah <laughs> that was nice i remember that play yeah <laughs> yep that was a good one um all right yes, last one the vikings play their next three games at home They've got the Cowboys, Patriots, and Jets. Ron, what are going to be the results in those three games? We'll start with you. Quick twitch, I'm going to say two and one. I think they beat the Patriots. I think they beat the Jets. The Cowboys, for me, is a toss-up only because we remember the Minneapolis miracle and what happened after. Like, they won the miracle game, and then they got their heads beat in by the Eagles. Now, there's a difference, though. Kevin O'Connell is a different coach. Even though they won this game in heart, you know, heartbeat, heart murmur, palpitation fashions, so I feel like he's a he's a PJ Fleck type guy. I mean, Sean McVay 
and PJ Flex spent a lot of time in the offseason. Kevin O'Connell was there. Sean McVay is big on that, the, the, the mental side of it, the mind games. How do I mentally get these guys thinking a certain way? Uh, there's a reason why they're psychologists in this world. They get paid a ton of money to help us rethink how our brains are supposed to be. I'm not going to go into the matrix, but I totally buy into that. That like you can reshape a person's mind to think and feel a certain way and act a certain way. Uh, it's like Nick Cannon in Love Don't Cost a Thing. He was a nerd one minute, even though I know Sam did like the movie, but he was a nerd one minute. <laughs> Boom. Christina Milian flipped that mind from like, dude, you, you could be a sex symbol. And then he switched. So I think Kevin O'Connell is going to do like he's going to mentally get these guys ready. Like, look, the Cowboys just lost to the Packers. So they're they're coming in pissed off. Uh, we just beat the Bills. We cannot have another letdown. We're at home. We can't let our fans down. Um, we haven't been at home in a while. Like, it's, I feel like it's been forever since I got an omelet. Like, I, I'm like, man, like what, what's going on with the, the media press box? So I'm looking forward to this Cowboys game. It's an afternoon game. So I'll be able to kind of take my time getting to the stadium now, too, during the day. So. Even though we're doing our pregame show, I think early in the morning, but then I get to go relax for a little bit and then come back at like one o'clock. Um, but I think two and one. I'm going two and one. The Cowboys one, I think I'm I'm tossing that up in the air. Yeah, Charles. Yeah, I'm, for me, I'm thinking I'm thinking three and zero, oh, man. I mean, I think the the Ooh, Cowboys. Yeah. I think they're, they're just rolling right now. I think they're going to come out. They're going to play their game. They're going to go out here and, and roll. I think their toughest match is going to be the Jets. Um, just. Cause they got they got a good defensive uh, backfield over there, right? Those guys have been playing well from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. So you got the sauce kid over there, and then oh, I forget the other guy's name, but they've been playing well. So I would love this. I'm gonna love to see that matchup with JJ Thielen, those guys going against Sauce and those guys over there. Uh, I think they're gonna beat them, but I would just I, I really just want to see them pound on them um, and and show them that those guys can be scored on in touchdowns. Uh, you know, Sauce can give us some touchdowns and stuff from the from the Vikings receiver core. So, yeah, real Ron's quick too. I like the Jets. Dallas. I'm or, yeah. Charles is worried about the Jets. I'm worried about the Patriots. I just oh. think that Belichick <laughs> on a short week on Thanksgiving is going to be a tough coach to out scheme. So that's the game that worries me. But the Vikings don't have to travel. The Patriots have to travel for right. Thanksgiving. The Vikings get that extra day of rest while the Patriots have to get on the plane after they've played. So it, it, it's going to it's gonna be – it is a short week. But the one thing about Kevin O'Connell's offense is it doesn't have to change much. The one thing I will say about the Jets that scare me uh, is Quinn and Williams. When you think about our interior three, our guard, yeah. center guard, and you think about Quinn and Williams, that's scary because that dude is big, he's strong, and he has – like, he is the funnest guy to watch play football from a defensive line standpoint because he's always smiling, he's always having fun, but he is a physical force. And so that's what I'm – I want to see how Kevin O'Connell deals with the run game and some of these, you know, short passes with him because he gets so much push so early. That's what's been helping the, the Jets win, and that's what's been helping Sauce. Like – they haven't given mm -hmm. them time. He doesn't have a lot of time to throw a lot of these quarterbacks. So that's why Sauce has dominated, almost kind of like how the Cowboys do with uh, Tra uh, Trayvon Diggs. You don't give him a lot of time, and Trayvon doesn't have to cover for long. So, no, that was good stuff there. I'm super uh, excited for the rest of this week. Uh, we got Charles Johnson. I want to thank him. That's Sam Action. We got Matt DeBritz working on the keys back there. But remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos, leave your comments, and let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about betonline.net. I told you guys last week, take it now. So I'm telling you, jump on betonline.net right now. Take it now, because this is the best the line is going to be. Take the Vikings to cover. Take the points, whatever you want to do, because the Vikings are not going to lose by, like, they're underdogs. 
I don't think there's a way the Cowboys blow them out. I just don't see that happening with you watch the Cowboys last night. Mike McCarthy was pissed off. Uh, just they, they just don't have it. Like it looks like there's a little piece of Dak that's not there. Uh, I saw somebody tweet, I think it was Skip Bayless because he's an, he's a troll, but <laughs> he misses Cooper Rush. So, like, there's a part of Dallas right now that there's going to be some consternation and some issues. So, hey, let us know what you think. Well, thank you. Have a great day.